Welcome, hola, what's good? Hey, y'all, hey. You are tuned in to Circle Up with Amanda Hurd. What's good, family? Listen, I'm super excited to be in the studio. Y'all know how I get, ah! Okay, okay, okay. You can tell that the espresso is kicking in. But anyhow, let's get into this. Let's talk about what this episode is about. I pray that you guys are enjoying this season, the pruning season, the season of reflection, this season that is allowing you to dig deep into your heart and get rid of all of those things that will be a hindrance to your next. As I've been saying all season long, your next season is gonna be your best season yet. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I'm so encouraged and inspired by what's happening in this pruning season that I cannot wait to get to our next season. I pray that each and every one of you are experiencing a good thing in this process that you're really allowing God to dig deep and break every branch that does not belong to you, every branch that has been or became a part of you that does not belong to you. Keep on going, you guys. We are not through yet. We still have a couple more seasons in or a couple more episodes in this season and it just keeps getting better and better. This season, we are here to talk about something that I could not wait to get to. We're talking about correcting the red marks. I don't know how many of you have tried to write an essay in school somewhere along grade school and you turn that paper in and when your teacher gave it back to you, before you get to the final copy, they give it back to you with a bunch of circles and red pen and crossed out this and they go through and they pencil in or pen in all of the corrections that need to be made in order to get this essay to the place that it needs to be in order to get that grade that you're hoping for. Listen, if you're anything like me, back then I used to take those corrections, take that whole entire essay, remark, marked up paper, crumble it up and stuff it in my book bag. Yeah, that's right. I never turned it in to get a final copy. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I do know one thing. I didn't correct those red marks. This this time around, I may not be writing an essay to turn into a professor or somebody that's going to give me these specific corrections um, on, a, on a particular drafted paper. However, as I've been cruising on this journey, I've come to find that my life has become a book just like yours and that we are writing the pages of this book each and every day. Every single moment is a moment that we are creating a new page or a new paragraph, a new sentence. And if we allow God to be the one that is over our entire life, then that means we're turning in this paper to him at the end of the night. At the end of the day, you're turning in your paper and you're relying on him to go through, to read through, to examine everything that you did throughout that day and him to respond to you with the corrections that need to be made. This episode is gonna dig deep into one of the papers that I got back, one of the rebukes that I got back from God, one of the things, the messages that he spoke to me in a time at the, it wasn't even the end of the night, it was midday. And I had the choice to correct those red marks or crumble it up like I used to. Let's dive right in. So as you all know, now, since I gave that long speech, that this episode is about correcting the red marks. 
So I want to say a couple months ago, it was the moment that, or there was a moment that I was in, and this moment was an extended moment because it wasn't just a couple of seconds, it wasn't just a few minutes, it was actually like a week's worth of time moment that I found myself in this funk. I was just not so happy. Every day there was a problem, and the problem wasn't because of anything that anybody else was doing or anything that anybody else did to me. It was literally because I was not choosing to allow God to be first in my day. I was not choosing to allow God to be first in my situation. I was not choosing to use the tools that I have in my tool bag to help me get through trying moments. And so because of that, I faced this week of trial, literally, um, the hardest way ever. Well. Let me stop being a little dramatic. It wasn't the hardest way ever, but it was extremely hard. Like it could have been easier. Let's say it like that. Um, and so I was frustrated all week. It was almost like PMSing without the moment arising. So it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. I was so irritated. I was frustrated every day. Everything that was due, um, I allowed it to bother me. Everything that was coming up, I allowed it to bother me. Anything that people said around me, I allowed it to bother me, even if it had nothing to do with me. I was just ill. Y'all ever been that way? You know, sometimes we get in these these ways, you know, and it's, it's easy to shake them off when you have a group of people around you that won't let you sit in that. But I chose to be by myself in this week. Like I chose to dismiss my friends. I chose to dismiss anything anybody had to say. I chose to sit in this funk. And the draining thing about choosing to sit in a funk, choosing to sit in an attitude, it, it becomes heavy. I don't know why we get so comfortable in our attitudes. Like it's a lot of work to have an attitude. I mean, some of us are just a little too skillful and these attitudes. Like, you have to be puffed up all day long. Do you know how many hours is in a day? It is 24 hours in a day. That is too long to be puffed up. And it's like the moment you get to breathe before you reset and puff up again is not long enough. By the time everybody leaves you or goes off to wherever they have to go, if you have a family like mine, by the time your husband goes off to work, the kids are off to school or off to practice or wherever it is that they're going, wherever it is that he needs to go, I don't care the length of time that is. It is not enough time to reset your puff up. Like literally, you have to, it's like clockwork. By the time they get back, by the time they're on their way, you have to already be still thinking about whatever it is that has driven you crazy and let that thing be at the forefront of your mind. Like they might come in laughing, smiling, had a good day, you know, and just trying to ask you about yours, but you still practicing your funk, you still practicing your attitude so good that you're using unnecessary energy. Y'all, I cannot stress enough how much energy goes into being puffed up, angry, mad, agitated, irritated, frustrated, all of that. We have to get into a place where we are not holding on to those things. Those things are so unhealthy, and if for anything, for our hearts, like if this is the place where we're wanting freedom in, if this is the place where we're wanting to walk around, you know, and being a blessing in somebody's life or just 
just even living in the blessings that's over our own lives, we can't be puffed up. There's so much that we're missing. When we are in that place, it's almost like we begin to put blinders on and forget about all that we have, all that we've that we've gained, all that we've became. It's so much that we're missing. We're we're killing the moment in silence. And I'm not I'm not speaking that saying that silence is a bad thing because there's a good silence and then there's that silence. And who wants to waste all of that time? We never know when our time is up. So why waste that time? Why drain that space of time with attitude? I don't know why we do it, but we do it. And it's time to stop. <laughs> but no, seriously, in pruning, in this pruning season, that's something that I believe should be um, addressed. And I believe it should be addressed because um, in this next place that we're going, there's no room for that. There's no space for that type of energy. I know we love to have these moments um, of in inspiration where we're like, you know, I'm in a tone or not a tone. I'm in a zone or a space in my life where negativity is bye bye gone. You know, I'm all about positivity. But in order to bring forth those vibes, we have to understand that we must be releasing those vibes. The atmosphere around us is going to be exactly what we produce it to be. So if we are mopey, if we're sad, if we're attituded up, if we're, I don't even know if that's something, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to start using that. We attituded up. But <laughs> if we're giving, for, giving off this, this draining energy, and I feel like I spoke about this several times on um, this platform, but if we're giving off that type of energy, that's the type of energy we're also welcoming into our space. That's the type of energy we're also saying is an energy that we enjoy, that that's an energy that we want more of. We have to be mindful that if we are given our very best, if we're given the energy, that type of energy that releases positivity, goodness, and, and, and we're releasing the things that we want, then that's what's going to be welcome into our space. When somebody comes around us that is literally against the energy that we're releasing, they'll either feel uncomfortable and leave, or they'll be dismissed by the energy that we're releasing. And so it's important that we understand that we are a big part of the energy that we welcome into our circle. And so with that being said, I wanna walk right into the experience I had. So the week of that, the moment, which ended up being a week's worth of moment, um, that I was in this this funk. I was living out this attitude. That was the energy I was releasing all week. I didn't want anybody to say anything to me. I didn't want to be bothered with anybody. Um, everything was just icky. I don't even remember if I wanted to talk on the phone, so I probably was like ignoring people's calls back to back. And the root of the reason I was acting that way is because I allowed the weight of the stuff that was around me to bother me. And it's funny because... I'm really not the type of person to allow those things to get to me. So for me to even allow or leave a crack open for the enemy to use those things and and literally have his way with me that entire week of just a funk was is amazing within itself. Like I'm not one who dwells in worry. I'm not one who, you know, gets carried away and um just the situation 
that, that may not look the best at the time that I need it to look. Normally, I'm one that just falls back. I'm like, I believe in that let go and let God. I'm, I'm a strong believer in let go and let God because I have too many times in life had no other choice but to let go and let God. And because he has shown himself so big in my life over and over and over again times 10, then it's like I stand on that. That's what I go back on. So again, because that that crack was even open for the enemy to come in and really play in my mind like that, it's just, it's just bananas. But that's where I was. And um, it got so bad that one day I picked up my kids. I was upset on the way to pick up my kids from school. They, their carpool. And when I got to the to the carpool line, I was upset because I wasn't in the the um, lineup order that I wanted to be in because I left the house a little bit later than I should have or I would have liked to have. I still wasn't so far off where I was like wrapped around the building, and actually I really wasn't that many cars away from where I wanted to be, but. For some reason, because I wasn't where I wanted to be, I was aggravated even the more so. And like I was saying earlier, it doesn't, once, once you are already allowing that aggravation, irritation, frustration, whatever to take place in you, everything else literally is now welcomed into that space. So it does not take much for anything or anyone to add to that negativity, like to that space, anything that somebody could look at you a second too long and you're mad all over again. That's how crazy it is. So that just gives you a deeper idea of the, of the depth. I was like, I was even more upset because I was like four or five cars behind where I'm normally at. That's, that's crazy. But yeah, so that's the story. I was, I was not where I wanted to be. So by the time I got to the front to pick up the kids, um, one, I think one of them got to the car literally a couple seconds later than the other one. And when when one of them, I can't remember if it was my daughter or my son, but one of them got in the car first. And I was like, oh, where's your you know sister? Where's your brother? And I mean, it's not like they didn't see me. It's not like they wasn't on their way. But that just made me even more irritated because I was just like, I expected them to get in the car at the same time. <laughs> you also want some crazy stuff to happen when you're under these you know situations. When you're that frustrated, it's like everything has to happen the way that you want it to happen or it's wrong. And the crazy thing about that is you don't even really know how you want it to happen until something happens that is not in the flow of your funk, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So anyway, so they get in the car, we're driving off, and literally, um, I just have, I don't really think too much to ask them about um, their day. And that's normally just like our routine. We're like, I'm like, how was your day? You know, if they say it was good, I kind of want to know, well, what was good? Or we kind of talk about like what happened at a in a particular um, class or whatever. We just, you know, conversate. And this particular day, I didn't too much ask them anything. I didn't too much care. I was giving off that type of energy. Like, I don't really care how your day was. Just like, let's not talk today. And um, you can just kind of feel the tension in the car. And so I really don't know what, like, triggered me in this moment. I can't remember. That's why I like to tell stories right when it happens. But I can't remember what exactly triggered me, um, like, first off. But I do remember that whatever it was, it was tiny, and it led to me spazzing on my kids about 
stuff that was not even a big factor for the moment. Like, I started talking about when they didn't do the dishes two weeks ago. I started talking about how somebody didn't vacuum their room, take out the trash. And all of this stuff was not like today's time or this week's worth of time. This was like, this was like way ahead of time. Like, I was bringing up old stuff, stuff that didn't even matter. How, can, how many of y'all can agree? I know y'all can agree. I know y'all do this too. I know whenever you're in that place of that funk, you, you do this too. So I don't even feel bad, but <laughs> no, but I do, but I don't. <laughs> I do, but I don't. I do because like that, that was not okay for the moment, but I don't because this, this is what happens when you, you know, live, you choose to be in that space. And so um, one thing led to another, I'm puffed up, now I'm spazzing on them and I look um, and my son, he was sitting in the front seat. My daughter was sitting in the back seat. I look over at my son, and he's really, I'm not going to say unfazed, because you can tell that he was bothered, like, what is wrong with you, and why are you acting like this? But my daughter was in the back seat, and she was actually, like, teared up. And because she was teared up, it made me, y'all, don't judge me. I know y'all do this too. But it literally made me even the more frustrated. I was so aggravated at the fact that she was in the back seat, like literally crying. So I'm, I'm driving down the street. Now I'm puffed up times 10. I see her crying and I'm like, oh, I remember. I remember what got me so upset. So what got me so upset was I asked them, okay, so after I pick them up from school, normally I take them to grab something to eat before I drop them off, you know, to their activity. And when I asked them what do they want to eat, um, one of them responded and they said Subway or something. And I was like, okay, so we're going to Subway. Then the other one, Araya, well, my daughter, she was huffing and puffing like, I don't want Subway. Like, I don't eat Subway. And I was just like, what? It made me so upset because I was like, when I asked, it was almost like nobody cared. Like, whatever, you can take me wherever. It doesn't matter. But then when there was a place in motion, it was like, well, I don't want that. I don't do that. And I mean, I understand how that can be aggy. Y'all already know how it is what the whole food situation and one person wanting one thing and another wanting another and then you got to go here there and everywhere and all around the world but when you are in this funk again I say every little thing is like a prick times 10 and so that just that's what took me overboard I was just like I was passing you ain't wash the dishes you ain't do this you ain't do that blah da 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 like just going off and like so fast forward, going back to where we just left off. So she was crying. I was like, what are you crying for? Like, what's wrong with you? And she was like, looking at me, like shrugging her shoulders. I was like, no, that's not how we act. When I ask a question, you know, I need a response. This, this is our way of communication. Like, we talk, we use our words. And so now I'm getting a little more frustrated because I'm like, now you're not even responding. Like, like talk to me. <laughs> This is so crazy, y'all. I can't believe I'm laughing at it now because it was not funny in the moment <laughs> at all. But literally, I was just, I was going off. And so um, she finally responded. And when she responded, I was not expecting this response. This little girl was like, I feel like you're going off on us because you're overwhelmed or you're frustrated about something. And I was like, what? what? I was like, that has nothing to do with you not washing the dishes. That has nothing to do with, like, literally, I took that, like, she shot me down with that, like, pew, 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 like, she shot me <laughs> three, four times, because she was dead on. She was spot on. She got right to the root of what the issue was, but instead of me wanting to get my hands dirty, 
and go down there with her, I was like, no, we're not going down there. We're not digging up nothing today. That, that's not where we're about to go. And so I brought it back to the surface of all of this relevant stuff, all of this stuff that did not matter. And so literally now I'm just like, I'm really spazzing. If y'all think I was spazzing times 10 then, think about how I'm spazzing now. I'm spazzing times 20. I know y'all can relate. I know somebody on this podcast can relate. So don't be judging me. Don't look at me funny. Like, I know you've been there, done that. And if you haven't, I pray to God that you don't ever because it's not a fun place. But listen, it happens. It happened. I pray that I, it don't happen again. <laughs> but listen, that's why we're talking about it now. That's why I'm getting pruned or have been pruned because I was pruned from this. But anyhow, let's keep going. So now I'm times 20, just like spazzing, trying to keep it surface because I don't want to get to the root of the situation. And so the more I go in, it's like the more quieter she gets and like just, but you can literally feel in the car her like shutting down. And this is sad because like to feel that, to hear it, to feel it, to see it, to know it and still go against it, that is an error. There's something wrong with that. And so we finally get to where we're going, Subway, because I was being the evil mom at that point. And I was like, well, it is what it is. You eat, you going to eat or you ain't going to eat, but this is where we're going. And then we get there and she was like, um, she was like, she got out to get something to eat. And then I had a, the nerve to have a problem with that. I was like, I thought you didn't want this. <laughs> Y'all, I was cutting up, cutting all the way up. So anyway, we went through that little, um, we went through that little process. I'm still egging stuff on, egging stuff on. And why? Like, for what? For why? For why did you go there? For why? But anyhow, I did. Did that. Been there, done that. But anyway, so we get through with that. They get the food. I drop them off. And as soon as I drop them off, y'all, this is where it pays and it sucks all at the same time to be a child of God. To really be not just a child of God, but to be in relationship with God. This is where it sucks, but it is good all at the same time. This is, it's, it's like having that best friend, that real best friend that's going to tell you when you're wrong, tell you when you're right, and tell you when you're wrong, praise you when you're right, but tap you when you're wrong. Like, this is one of those type situations. So, I drop them off. They get out the car, close the door, and I'm literally about to pull off. As they are walking into the place where they were going and I'm driving off, instantly, Holy Spirit began to speak to me. When I tell y'all, this is like, I didn't even turn in the paper for the day. Like, the, clearly the day wasn't over. Clearly we was not at the end of the night. I didn't even turn my paper in. It's as if he came and snatched my paper of the day and was like, enough is enough. Literally, he sat down and there was so many red marks on this paper. He circled, comma, dotted, dotted every T, like literally, like, I mean, crossed every T, dotted every I. He literally went through every little thing, things that happened from the beginning of that day, from the beginning of last week's first day, Monday, all the way through to the day that we was currently in, that Monday. Walked me through everything and was like, all this is wrong. And pretty much like, and you need to have this fixed 
by the end of the night or you will receive a zero. And this is one of those papers where you can't just ball up and throw away. You can't just dismiss all of what was done because this grade counts. Like this, this grade matters. This is one of those papers that you, you're not gonna get through high school. You won't make it past your last, you know, your last thing that you need in college to walk across that stage. Like this is like the, 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 make it or break it type situation like and it better be turned in at midnight y'all know those papers that if it is not turned on turned in by midnight you know how you be up all types of the night typing 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 looking up googling copy paste and all that this is one of those and it was like it needs to be in by midnight or it's a zero and so as he was literally reading off to me every error that like took place that week and then he got back to the root of the issue and then showed me why that the things that were actually taking place were even taking place because it's like I refused to allow him to handle or put my trust knowing that he was going to handle the things that was really causing this whole situation to occur this is the result of and I need to get back to square one, I need to get back to where it all started and start correcting there so that everything up here can be fixed. And why I say it was one of, it's that important or why I say that this is one of those type of papers is simply because like these are my children. These are the, these are my seeds that are literally going to grow up and go out and be a reflection of me. Like, this is what matters. This is what counts. I have a big part of how, you know, their life um, plays out. And, and I can either be that, that weed that keeps coming up and sucking them, sucking the life out of everything that they're trying to birth, or I can be that, that, that nutrient that comes in and helps them grow in areas that they're gonna need help in. And so I had to make a decision and I did not have a lot of time because there was so much stuff that needed to be corrected and my time was so short. And so I literally started off in prayer. I prayed, I cried, I thanked God and it hurt <laughs> because I was embarrassed, I was ashamed. I felt so, I just felt disgusting. I felt like, I felt horrible. It was not a comfortable feeling. And so that's why the first place I found myself in was prayer. And then I asked in prayer for instruction. Well, God, how do I do this? Because what I don't want is to look like that. I don't want them to always go back to this place in their mind and this be a place that pulls them down. This be a place that, you know, interrupts our relationship. This be a place that, you know, gets in the way of their trust with me. This be a place that tries to um, pin something on the, the weight of my love for them. Like, and a lot of people, you know, dismiss a lot of things as parents when it comes to their children like well I'm an adult and their child get over it like well yeah that's what moms do well yeah that's what parents are for well yeah and it's true a lot of it but then we also have to understand the bigger picture that just because we're a parent just because we're an elder just because we're older it does not give us the lead way 
to damage them. It gives us anything. If it gives us anything, it's the lead way to lead them, guide them, protect them, love on them, show them what's right and what's wrong, and be the example. That was like the key in that thing. And so me and my husband live our lives as being their greatest example. And so after I found myself in prayer, cried and snotted out, literally my first instruction was not going back to last Monday, but was dealing with my kids and not allowing that to ruin the rest of their day, not allowing this moment to pass by so that they could now, it can settle in and they always have something to go back on and, and, and feel a certain way about and so I I literally got that right right away I sent them the most heartfelt message I apologized first for my wrongdoing for the things that I said I let them know how all of those things even though they are gonna find truth in them that is it has nothing absolutely nothing to do with the moment with the situation with with why I was acting the way I was acting that had because we do that we use truth right? We take truth and then we tie it into moments of bitterness or tie it into moments of wickedness. And then we try to mash it together and then make it something. But this isn't one of those moments where that was something that um, was allowed to go forth and I still get, you know, victory out of it. I still win out of it. Like if this was going to be all of what it was designed to be, if God was going to heal this moment, if I was going to literally get an A on this paper, I had to do everything that was necessary. And so I let them know, like, yeah, I said some, some truthful things, but those things are irrelevant to this moment. I should not have ever brought those things up for this moment. That is a, a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. And so after I got laid that out, then I, I allowed my daughter to know that she was absolutely right. Yeah, you were absolutely right. You got to the root of exactly what was going on. And I apologize for making you feel as if you didn't. Because what we don't understand is when we allow our kids to, to, to live in the lies that we feed them, then all that is is planting a seed of lies into their lives. And it's giving them excuses and lies. It's giving them things to cover up their mistakes and their time. And they're going to grow into that. And they'll begin to do the very thing that you did. So we want to free ourselves and our children from that place. And the first way to do it is to be honest and to go back and apologize and let them know where they were right when they were right. It's okay. They're not going to stand over you and feel like now, they, now they're the parents and you're the children. Like, no. If anything, it teaches them. It guides them. It leads them. And most importantly, it protects them. It protects their emotions, their feelings, their truths. It, it protects them from times when they feel like they're right about something, but everybody and everything else is telling them that they're wrong. It lets them know that, no, this is the same thing I felt that time that I told my parent, you know, A, B, and C, and they told me I was wrong, but then they came back and told me I was right, so it made that feeling truth. And so when they experience it again, they'll have something to lean on. And so that's what um, I loved about this whole thing because I literally went in, apologized, and I literally went in and corrected every red mark on that test. I got everything right with my kids and I let them know how much I love them. And then I ushered them out to have a good day. I said, and you guys don't let this stop you from having an amazing day. Have a great day. 
And I just feel like it blessed them so much. The response that they came back with was just, it was so freeing. There was so much liberty in my obedience. If there was so much liberty in my obedience, it's as, it's as if you can feel God literally going inside of my heart and pruning that very issue. Like he went inside and broke the branch of that. So now because so much victory came from that place, I'm not saying that a moment like that will never occur, but now I know how it looks when you handle it. Now I know how it looks when you do the right thing behind it. And so that's the blessed thing about this. The blessed thing is that it got corrected. Nobody ended up hurt at the end of the day. And because of my first two steps, I was able to easily go throughout the rest of the, the paper and correct everything else. And by the end of that night, it just felt so refreshing. I felt so good. I shared the everything that was on my heart, every moment that was on my heart with my husband. And it just created this, this life learning lesson that, that I feel like, I feel like it was life changing. I felt like it created a life changing moment for us. And so um, this episode is literally about correcting the red marks, the liberty and the red marks, asking God to come and snatch those papers from underneath your pen, underneath whatever you're doing throughout that day when it is an emergency and you're going so far left, when there's so many red marks that you can't even see the white on the paper anymore. And that when he gives you this paper back and, and, and he demands that you correct all of these areas, that we move in obedience and receive the liberty that is revealed at the end. Well, that's all that I have. I hope that you all were able to gain some tools, some jewels, something that maybe if, even if you're experiencing in this moment, that you'll be able to really kind of identify exactly what you need to do, exactly how you may need to go in and correct your red marks. And if not, but this is something that maybe somebody that you're connected to can benefit from, that you be bold and brave and share this with them. Um, as usual for this season, I just pray that you guys allow God to really, really continue to prune your heart. There's nothing greater than a pruned heart. There's nothing greater than abiding in God as he lives inside of you and that as the Father continues to prune him and he continues to prune you, that you just live this life that he desires for you out loud. So be blessed, guys. Love you lots. Talk to you soon. Bye.